0: Three,
1: Three, two, two, one. One. Cool. Gotta say, I was pretty spot on
0: there with you. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited about it. Best thing I've ever done. (laughs) It's a great (laughs) omen to a start of the episode. (laughs) Welcome, fellow sleuths, to Meddling Adults, a game show where we grab our old teal-slash-light-green-slash-orange vans and go head-to-head to test our wits against the prowess of fictional young detectives. For charity, I'm your host, Mike Schubert. I am notoriously bad at solving children's mysteries, which is why I am safely behind the judges' table, letting others duke it out instead. And those contestants this week are Lauren Shippen and Brandon Grugel. They will be solving mysteries from Scooby-Doo in this episode. The prize pool today is $50. Lauren will be playing for the ACLU. Brandon will be playing for the Trevor Project. So, without further ado, let's put the pedal to the metal... And meet our contestants, Brandon and Lauren. How's it going? Hello. Hello. Pedal to the metal is not a pun with anything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, is this going to be a reference to one of the episodes? (laughs) It is a pun
0: because it's metal, but M-E-D-D-L-E. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I thought you were just like
1: doing an automotive theme for a second. (laughs)
0: The, I do love the mystery machine with all of my heart, but no, oh, it, it was good. not like a, me just weirdly <laughs> saying a van-related sentence.
1: You also emphasized the pedal part of it,
0: and I was very yeah. Intrigued. I need to say metal, I think, a little more clearly. We're, uh, going on. we're
2: clearly going to be incredibly good at solving mysteries. We couldn't yeah, even yeah. solve a pun.
0: You picked the
1: two dumbest people possible.
0: <laughs> so do you two have any sort of experience with watching Scooby-Doo or reading slash viewing any sort of... Child mystery detective stuff in your youth?
2: Do I? Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that your birth name is actually Nancy Drew.
2: <laughs> I was a huge, huge um, mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mystery nerd, and I think I, I started with um, Basil of Baker Street, which is Little That's Sherlock. Nothing. No, it's Little Sherlock Holmes the Mouse. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a series from heard like of this. well yeah because it was it was very popular when I was a child, which was in the 1920s. And <laughs> <laughs> my grandfather gave me the box set when I was a child from like I think his childhood, but it's about Basil, who's a little mouse who lives in at Baker Street and solves many mysteries.
1: That is really cute. It's very cute. It's adorable. How many of them involve cheese?
2: I. I honestly can't remember.
1: Most of them? I think all most of them? of
2: them. Yeah, I'm assuming most of them. And then, uh, yeah, I got very into Scooby Doo and Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys and uh, Harriet the Spy. And then eventually, grown up mystery like Agatha Christie and uh, Petey James and, and all the rest. Um, so it's it's one of my favorite genres. Oh, cool. And I'm not good at it. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna say just to set the bar. You sound like you should be an expert at this, but I should apparently be. not.
2: I mean, the amazing thing about me is that I do read a lot and I learn a lot, and then I retain none of it. Mm. It's a real skill. I'm really looking forward to the Trevor
1: Project getting that 50 bucks.
2: No, <laughs> I mean, actually, the Trevor Project is great. I, we're all winners here. <laughs>
0: Brandon, do you have any sort of experience with Scooby-Doo and slash or other mystery content? Um, not nearly as
1: much. I definitely watched Scooby-Doo a little bit when I was a kid. I didn't have cable, so I didn't get a ton of reruns, but when they were on, I, I remember watching them or like when I was at some friend's house or whatever it is. I didn't read a ton of like straight ahead mystery novels like that. I read more of like the, what do you call it? The Treehouse books? Oh yeah, oh, Magic Treehouse. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah like the Magic Treehouse books and stuff, like
0: quasi mysteries, but not really like
1: straight ahead mystery novels.
0: Cool. Well, I'm very excited to have you two on the show and here is how the game works. I will be recapping four mysteries from Scooby-Doo. They are all from the first 2 seasons of the original cartoon Scooby-Doo Where Are You, which let me just say right off the bat, the theme song for that show slaps so hard. <laughs> it's Gosh. incredibly good. Can you give me a little can you bite me off a little taste of it? Uh yeah, it starts with a good little like bat creeping noise at least in the season yeah. 1 intro. It's <laughs> got the window of an old abandoned house and there's a bat that kind of goes like, yeh, yeh, and then you get a little like, scooby dooby doo. Oh, it's so good.
2: <laughs> God, man, you just brought me back to being like <laughs> eight years old on Saturday morning watching Scooby-Doo.
0: <laughs> I did really big deep dives into finding out if anyone famous did the theme song, and no. <laughs> for some reason, I thought it was The Monkees, and I don't know It why. does sound like The Monkees, for does, sure. It does, actually, yeah. yeah. I think The Monkees had a cartoon show like it, because they did the like, hey, hey, with the monkey. So maybe I just put those two together in my brain. They had uh, a TV yeah. show. It
1: wasn't. I don't think it was a cartoon, but they definitely had a TV show. Yeah. I mean, that's where they came from with the TV show.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, they had a different do season one versus season two. What was fun, though, is the person who did the season two theme song originally was hired to write and record the songs used in the chase sequences of season two of Scooby-Doo, and then he re-recorded the theme song as well, which I love that they wrote explicitly songs for the many chase sequences that happen across Scooby-Doo episodes.
2: Oh, yeah, very important.
1: As a sound designer for Join the Party, I will tell you that fight scenes and chase scenes are very boring without music.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's very fun, and I can see why they had someone for season two write songs exclusively for the chase scenes because what they use in the season one stuff is just Songs that sound about the same vibe as the intro, but don't have to do with Scooby-Doo at all. It's a lot of love and romantic songs. There was one <laughs> called weird. Seven Days a Week that is just about someone loving someone seven days a week Wait. while they're running away from a mummy.
1: Is that a play? Like a ripoff of Eight Days a Week? Yeah. From the I think it might be. <laughs>
2: Scooby-Doo's
0: wild, man. It's so strange. I've watched so many episodes of this television show. <laughs> the 70s had no rules. <laughs> So I'll be recapping three mysteries from scooby Doo you haven't seen before. I'm going to lay out all of the clues and ask for your accusations. Each correct guess will earn you points, but there are also bonus points at stake. If your guess matches my incorrect guess, you will earn one (laughs) Misery Loves Company bonus point. And I'll also award bonus points wherever I see fit if you have a particularly bonkers guess or accusation, if you make fun of each other and I think it's funny, all (laughs) different ways that I can throw bonus points out there. So talk some trash. Who knows? You might win. And at the end of these three rounds, If a tie is in place, we will break the tie in the only fitting way with a sudden death riddle. But with all of the rules laid out, I say we dive headfirst into our first mystery of the day, Scooby-Doo. And The Mummy too. Hang on, I gotta, mm. g- gotta
1: go get a bowl of cereal and get in my pajamas <laughs> real fast.
0: Shouldn't your pajamas already be on? It's quarantine coming. That's a good <laughs> fucking point.
1: I took them off and put on real
2: clothes just for you, Michael. Oh. <laughs> You're very special to us. Uh, I didn't even do that.
0: I'm still in sweatpants. <laughs> Before I start, I did look up the full names of the gang because I thought it was interesting. Shaggy's name is Norville Rogers. No, that's a lie. Just throwing that out there. That's a cop. He's a cop, Mike. <laughs> He's 100% <Narc>. a hundred percent cop. <laughs> Then it's Fred Jones, which Fred couldn't have any other last name besides Jones. 100%. Daphne Blake, Velma Dinkley. I like that they had to try to give her the <laughs> nerdiest sounding name possible. And then Scooby-Doo, of course.
2: Is Do Scooby's last name? That's what I would assume.
0: Okay. There's a lot of stuff that just isn't clear. There's not a whole lot of world building in the first two <laughs> seasons of Scooby-Doo. There's been a lot of spinoffs where it takes place in different times and universes and stuff like that. Mm. I have gathered that they are in school, but I am not... Not sure what level of school that they're in. In one of these episodes, they are with a college professor, so they might be in college. But then in another episode, they go to a school dance, which feels very high school So they're just vague teenagers, I suppose. <laughs> so
1: weird. Really Those strange. Teenagers who smoke weed in a van all the time.
0: <laughs> no, they just eat Scooby snacks, which are definitely... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Dog, eat dog weed. Oh. Dog <laughs> slash human food.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was, was very confusing, but I also wanted them
0: Child. <laughs> I'm sure they're like, I mean, there's, you know, we both eat, dogs and humans eat cheese. That's true. You know? Valid, valid. So let's start the first mystery, Scooby-Doo and the Mummy 2. The gang rolls up to the Department of Archaeology, like you do, mm-hmm. and they are meeting up with a professor who has a replica of the tomb of the Mummy Anka, the feared ruler of Egypt.
2: (laughs) The professor is already my guess for who did this.
0: Yeah, so what's fun is, and I will stay true to form with all of this, my guess specifically for Scooby-Doo will 100% of the time be the first person that you see that is not in the gang.
3: Absolutely. I don't care how
0: (laughs) passing of a glance it is. The first person that you see is almost always the villain. And I will say that I watched about 20 episodes of Scooby-Doo in prep and I threw out the other 17 because the first person you met was the only person you met, so they're the only suspect. (laughs) (laughs) So not really a big mystery. It was the house split the whole time. (laughs) It's not really a big mystery when you go to an abandoned mansion and then there's a butler and then you don't meet anyone else and then it turns out the butler (laughs) did it. (laughs) Was it difficult for us to figure this out as children? What the hell? (laughs) So you meet this professor and you also meet his associate, Dr. Najib. He has brought to the university the mummy itself to complete this replica. Najib ominously says that he hopes that the curse does not follow Anka because Anka said that if he was ever removed from his original tomb, he would come back to life and turn whoever removed him into stone. Hmm. Najib, after saying this, tells the professor that he must go to take his leave, which he does have a dramatic pause before saying. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta lay out all of the suspicious things that happened <laughs> so that you can try to figure out Can who you it give is. me that line reading? I will not because he is voiced by an Indian character oh, okay. and I okay. don't want to sound <laughs> <laughs> yep. racist. Yep. Okay. <laughs> but there was an audible dot, dot, dot before he says take my leave. <laughs>
2: Great. Not sketchy at all.
0: <laughs> so the professor wants the gang's help with setting up the rest of the exhibit before it opens. They say that they would love to, and he says, why don't you all go down and get some sandwiches? I'll pay for them. Come on back and we can get to work. Dope-ass professor. Yeah, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. Seems like a great dude. So they go to, which I have learned, I didn't know this before watching a bunch of episodes of Scooby-Doo this week, is that their go-to sandwich spot is the malt shop, which I can only think of as saying in the tune of Love Shack, just because (laughs) it's two (laughs) syllables. (laughs) So they're is head on down to the mall shop. <laughs> and it's just a diner where they get sandwiches and ice cream. Scooby and Shaggy, funny enough, usually get meat and ice cream sandwiches, oh. you know. As you do. Terrible. I've seen
1: pancetta ice cream before. Mm. I've always wondered how it tastes. Interesting. Uh, I've also seen the B-52s live, and it's just as wild as you would (gasps) expect.
2: I need to Oh my God, Fred Schneider live in the (laughs) flesh.
0: It's it's incredible. Okay, this podcast is over.
2: Welcome
0: to to my B-52 fan cast. Can you tell me one fun thing that Fred Schneider did at the concert?
1: Honestly, like non-jokingly, the coolest thing was that he's kind of an older gentleman, and he Fucking rocked it. Oh. That's incredible. He was just everywhere, you know, and sounded amazing. I've seen Bob Dylan too, and Bob Dylan looks and sounds like shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the B 52s just fucking killed it.
2: I would expect no less. <sighs> it's great to hear.
0: French nighter for everyone wondering. He's the guy that talks like this in the B 52. <laughs> <laughs> so Shaggy, before they leave, finds a coin. And they ask the professor what the coin is. And he says that it's an Egyptian relic that he's still trying to figure out, but it's just part of the exhibit. So they all leave to get their sandwiches. Can I put a
1: guess real quick? Yes, go for it. I think that they accidentally spent the coin at the sandwich shop.
0: Oh, Funny enough, when they are going to get sandwiches, (laughs) they order three hamburgers and three sandwiches. The total cost is a dollar and 50 cents because (laughs) the show came out in the 60s or (laughs) 70s or whatever. And it was a malt shop. (laughs) (laughs) Also true. Shaggy tries to pay with a $1 bill and a 50 cent piece, but instead of taking out a silver dollar, he takes out this gold coin. I am a and genius. Realize, oh my goodness. <laughs> the podcast is over. I'm giving you a bonus point right off the start just for guessing <laughs> <Damn it>. that. <laughs> so Brandon's up one zero to start. They realize they have this coin, so they go, oh shoot, let's go back and give this to the professor. Oh, and then they see something. Mm-hmm. So before the gang gets back, you see the professor reading a book in his office. He hears a glass crash. He says, what's that? He goes into another room and sees broken glass and then says, my word, what could have done that? And he he notices that the mummy is gone from the sarcophagus. <gasps> mm-hmm. Sorry, I just like that Lord's surprised by this.
2: <laughs> I'm adding dramatic effect. You
0: really are bad at these mysteries.
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm playing in the space. I'm yes anding Mike. He doesn't. he
0: gets it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. So the gag is back. The gang gets back to find the professor. When they go to his office, he has been turned into stone. <gasps> he is completely in stone reading his book. So the gang, of course, splits up to go look for clues.
1: Can I make a guess about what you guessed it was? Uh, sure. It was a basilisk. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm very tempted to remove your point. That I,
2: I have a question. It's been a while since I have uh, seen Scooby-Doo. Is there actually a... Supernatural element? No, right? It never is something supernatural. No, so, like, never is. When you say he's encased in stone, what actually is happening? Well, we have to find oh, you'll out. You'll find out. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> but the teens don't investigate further. <laughs>
0: they will come across it later on in the episode. Okay. But there is never any sort of supernatural element. They
2: don't like go and like knock on his head and see what the material is or anything.
0: No, they always do. Just assume that whatever the ominous <laughs> curse or explanation that has been laid out in the beginning, they're always like, even though that they have made a career <laughs> out of out
2: debunking, of, <laughs> yeah, finding that
0: everything is either bullshit or <laughs> uses wires or balloons or special effects. They always believe adamantly whatever is in front of them until they find the hard evidence that goes, oh, actually, this is on a string.
2: They're looking for the one true mystery. I respect that.
0: Like Zach Baggins. He's a ghost hunter. Oh, okay, Lying. thank you. So the gang splits up. Shaggy, Scooby, and Velma, while looking for clues, run into the mummy. And the mummy is groaning coin, coin so clearly the mummy is after the coin that Shaggy has clearly the mummy's a rapper (laughs) (laughs) so Fred and Daphne after of course making love in the side room because that's all that could have happened of why they're always the two (laughs) split up this episode got real adult (laughs) (laughs) I've watched 20 episodes this week and the two of them always split up from the other three Mm, in the group I've watched 20 episodes this week and it's become my fetish (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, the two of them find footprints outside. They follow the footprints and it leads to a car. And what's inside the car? But it's Dr. Najib, who has also been turned into stone. No, he was no. my favorite. Mm-hmm. So Shaggy, Scooby, and Velma go to the lab of the university to test part of the mummy cloth that was ripped off during the chase. They're trying to figure out exactly how old it is. And while they're doing this, the mummy enters. They try to leave the lab and lock the mummy inside, but Scooby gets caught behind, and when they try to go back in to save Scooby, the mummy and Scooby have escaped through the back window of the lab.
1: Thank Jesus.
0: Thank the Lord <laughs> Jesus Christ who <laughs> exists in this universe. <laughs> so Fred and Daphne come back, they say what they have found, and they all try to find Scooby. They eventually find a stone Scooby dude <gasps> No! Michael! Michael! Mike, why would you do this to us? Shortly after, they find the real Scooby-Doo oh. who oh. <laughs> stands next to his stone Scooby-Doo in the exact same posture and it's very funny
2: <laughs> oh I have seen this like uh, this screenshot I feel like fairly recently oh, on the tumblers okay. on the tumblers yes
0: <laughs> what I also really appreciate about the show is that it does have a laugh track and <laughs> right. I think it's really funny and more cartoons should have laugh tracks Do Yeah, they
1: not all have laugh tracks they should I, I totally agree yeah cartoons
2: <laughs> are where
0: laugh tracks belong I feel like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The gang starts to do some research about the coin, and they determine through reading a big old textbook that the coin is actually part of this old statue that is also in the exhibit. While they've made this discovery, though, the mummy enters, Shaggy and Scooby get separated, and what they find is a big shed that has molds in the shape of humans and then quick-drying cement. (gasps) Hold on. So someone
1: actually encased these two people in cement. That is actually legitimately two murders.
0: <laughs> a straight
2: up murder. Yeah. And
1: like also like a challenge. They must have had to kill them beforehand wait, and so- then put them in quick s- drying cement.
2: Yeah. So they're they're making molds of the people and then making cement statues with the mold.
1: Oh, Lauren's smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: thought Brandon, you
1: were kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a dumb dumb.
2: No, but also how you can't make a mold of someone without their Involvement in some,
1: yeah. Some so they would unless you're to... very good at art, that's or true. that's true. <laughs> involved in the mystery, well, right? <laughs> Co-conspirators uh. or murdered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the chase continues. They set up a trap. They trap the mummy. They remove the mummy garb and they determine who it is. Now, I leave it to you two to say who was the mummy and what was their motive. I'll be awarding points for correct guesses for both of these things.
2: Okay, so there are sort of two mysteries happening simultaneously. There's the mummy going around looking for the coin, but then also making these weird, creepy statues of people, I guess to prove that this myth and legend about the mummy is true. And the person that we heard that legend from was the associate. Najib. was that his name? Yes,
0: Dr. Najib is the one who explained the curse.
2: And then dot, dot, dot took his leave yes I think I think it's that guy I think because he's the one who set up the mystery of the mummy curse and then I don't know why the professor would sabotage his own exhibit
1: yeah uh that was gonna be my answer too. sort of I was gonna say it was Dr. Najeeb because he was combating American colonialism mm-hmm. and racism mm-hmm. okay by killing all the white folk who stole <laughs> the
0: mummies from their native lands
2: yeah Get those artifacts back to where they belong.
0: <laughs> yes. Lauren, do you have a guess for the motive behind Dr. Najib doing this, as you have suspected?
2: I mean, I do think it would have something to do with not wanting this sort of gallery of artifacts to go forward, whether or not he believes in the curse himself, not disrespecting the artifacts and sort of bringing down the ire of, of ancient mummy spirits.
1: Maybe he was like just an amateur sculptor. You know? <laughs> That's true. Maybe <laughs> just he's just wanted, an artist. Maybe he wanted to, yeah,
0: like a performance artist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can respect that. <laughs> so I will say that you are both correct that it was Dr. Najib. Hell yeah! So I've awarded you each three points. But I will say that for both of you, your hearts are too much in the right place for <laughs> Scooby-Doo. You've given this television show too much credit. The motive behind Dr. Najib doing this is that he wants the coin because if you take the coin and you put it into the back of that statue that the gang researched oh, and you twist it, there's a very valuable gem inside of it which is worth a lot. Lot of money, mm. and Dr. Najib wanted to scare off the professor so that he could steal this gem and then sell it for money. Got it. So mm. Scooby-Doo okay, so is it's the racist, racist one. <laughs> as the, sh- the show is the racist one. Not-
1: Got it. Cool, okay. cool, 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 so we cool. gotta think of like ill intentions on the show creator's on the show.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was incorrect because I guessed that it was the professor solely because he was the first person that talked. <laughs> Amazing.
3: <laughs> Not I a bad guess. No other, other reason.
0: Uh, so at the end of this first round, Brandon had. As a one point lead, the score is four to three. Because of that sweet bonus point you snagged. Hell yes. (laughs) So now we move on to the second mystery of the day, which is nowhere to hide, but hide spelled like Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, (gasps) love a pun. So the first scene we see is a costumed jewel thief looking very Mr. Hyde-esque, escaping from what appears to be a robbery.
1: Quick clarification: Mr. Hyde is the normal one or the evil one? The bad one. The evil okay. One. Yeah.
0: Thank you. So, guy looking like Mr. Hyde escapes, runs away from the police after what we are presuming is stealing a jewel. He sneaks into the back of the unlocked mystery machine. <gasps> which, come on, guys! It was the seventies. No one locked their doors. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, where is the gang with the mystery machine? None other than the mall. getting some ice cream specifically Scooby-Doo has ordered three scoops of ice cream with a pickle on top I mean he's a dog
2: yeah, that's true. He's a dog. He's a lad. Laugh. <laughs> yeah.
0: He is a dog. That's chill. So the gang has just come back from watching a magic show at a high school, <laughs> which is very suspect. It doesn't sound fun. And it makes me even more confused as to whether or not they are high schoolers or college kids. The
1: 70s sounded great until this
0: moment. <laughs> <laughs> so they start to drive home and the heating in the Mystery Machine isn't working, so Velma asks Scooby to go get a blanket out of the back so they can lay it across their legs and warm up. What a classic move. (laughs)
1: You you know? You know? The Mystery Machine is also
0: a complete death trap because it just has one big seat in the front where the four humans sit, and then Scooby just sits in the back, which is all empty, and there are no seatbelts to be found anywhere.
2: Seatbelts were not compulsory until, like, I think the early 80s, right? Mm-mm.
0: I have three points. Seatbelts not
1: compulsory. Yeah. Point two, they are definitely all in one relationship. Yep. And three... <laughs> When you put dogs in, like, the back seat, they just become, like, torpedoes and hurt everyone if you get an accident. Like, so it's real bad. So people do not do that. Yeah. Make sure you put them in a cage.
0: Keep your dog safe, especially if it's a somewhat human like Scooby-Doo. And, and a Great Dane <laughs>
2: yeah. that could crush you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when he removes the blanket, of course, the Mr. Hyde thief is under the blanket. So they slam on the brakes and run out of the van. Mr. Hyde also runs out of the van, but he escapes into a creepy old-looking building because this is Scooby-Doo and that's the only buildings that exist. (laughs) So when the gang goes to investigate, they ring the doorbell and a trapdoor drops them (gasps) into the laboratory of Dr. Jekyll.
2: When
1: we eventually get a house, mm-hmm. can we get one of those? Absolutely. Sweets? No visitors
2: ever.
0: <laughs> no
1: visitors allowed. You ring
2: the doorbell, instantly <laughs> you're dropped into a lab. Into a tiger pit.
0: <laughs> So Dr. Jekyll clarifies that he is the grandson of the original Dr. Jekyll. Uh, yes,
2: the non-fictional <laughs> Dr. The Jekyll. The canonical
0: Dr. <laughs> Jekyll. And he explains that he's been doing some research. And unfortunately, one of his experiments led to some Mr. Hyde-esque tension tendencies, and he is afraid that he is this jewel thief that has been running around town. Hmm, okay. He says that recently he was woken up by his housekeeper, Helga, and he had mud on his shoes, and the jewel in question was in his pocket.
2: Oh, okay. So Hmm. he
0: is acting like he's really trying to comply. He is genuinely worried that he might be the thief, and he would love it if the gang could figure out what's going on. So they said that they're going to investigate.
2: I mean, better than if he's, you know, what, the grandson of the original Dr. Jackal. At least his Mr. Hyde is just, like, stealing jewels instead of murdering people. (laughs) Like, I feel like that is a slight step up.
0: Yeah, and maybe he's stealing jewels from rich jerks. Maybe he's Robin Hood.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Don't judge.
0: Robin Hyde. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Mike, this is your second Harry Potter reference, just heads up. Wait, did I, what, I made a Harry Potter reference? Helga. Helga? Oh, Hufflepuff, that's just a name. People are allowed to have names. (laughs) (laughs) So Shaggy and Scooby go to investigate Helga's room. And eventually she comes in, finds them, scolds them for messing up the room that she just cleaned. The other three find an old newspaper clipping partially burned in the fireplace of a different room. This newspaper clipping is an ad for Helga the Great, a famous trapeze artist. That's cool.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
0: It describes that she does the human fly act, which is done on tall buildings or in high spaces, which is very reminiscent of the first scene we saw with the jewel thief sneaking out of the top window of a building with a jewel. Hmm. Velma then wonders if... Helga is a former trapeze artist. Why is she just working as a maid for some scientist guy who lives in a creepy house? Good question. Yeah. So Shaggy and Scooby are chased by the Hyde character after snooping around a bit. While they're running away, they slide down the banister of a staircase, knock into Velma, and they all go down the laundry chute.
2: Sure. (laughs) I could see a a house layout in which that's physically possible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not to code, but in the Scooby (laughs) Game universe... The code is just maximized for hijinks. (laughs) (laughs) So while they're falling through the laundry chute, they hit a Murphy bed style ironing board, which reveals a pair of muddy shoes, a green jacket that looks like the Mr. Hyde jacket and a feather duster that looks exactly like Helga's that she was using earlier. Okay. Velma is confused when Shaggy and Scooby say that they were running from Hyde because they said they just saw Dr. Jekyll reading in his study before Shaggy and Scooby came sliding down the banister. So Fred and Daphne then joined them after they, of course, hooked up. And the whole gang finds knockout drops and green paint in a bedroom underneath a mattress.
1: So I had a friend in high school who thought it'd be funny to dress up as Captain Planet. Ooh. Like I think it was Halloween maybe or something. And he couldn't find or he didn't use the correct type of paint to oh, paint. No. He paints his entire body. Oh, no. And heads up, when you paint your body with paint that's not breathable... You can't sweat. Ah. Yeah, no,
2: like you can can die. It's really dangerous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, my guess is that the person who is playing Dr. Hyde died from uh,
0: (laughs) painting themselves. (laughs) So, of course, there's a big chase scene. Then Shaggy, at one point, reveals that he found a bunch of suction cups in a fruit bowl that he was trying to eat all of the fruit out of. He was unable to eat the suction cups because they're made of rubber. And he reveals this to the group. (laughs) How high is this guy? (laughs) So, so high all the time. So the gang, of course, sets up a trap. They catch the Mr. Hyde. They reveal who it is. And now I turn to you two. Who do you think did it? And did they have any sort of motive behind their actions?
2: I mean, it's so obvious that it can't be that easy right? It's gotta be Helga, right? I know, that does seem crazy easy. Alright,
0: I'm gonna say
1: that it was the first guy they see, I forget his name, Dr. Jekyll, I guess. (laughs) And he's framing his housekeeper because he employed her because of her background. Um, And he's framing her to take the fall for him. And his motive is that he's wants money, like wants riches.
0: Okay. Lauren, how about you?
2: I'm going to guess that it's Helga and that her motive is that Dr. Jekyll's experiments somehow robbed her of her life as a as a renowned trapeze artist. And she's getting revenge by framing him for these. Robberies, as well as getting rich in the process. Can I guess,
1: Andy? Yeah. What if she was in a relationship with the original Doctor Jekyll? Whoa!
2: Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now she's like. Oh, and and what if the new Doctor Jekyll's her like grandson?
1: Oh. Whoa, whoa! And now she's it's like, family I hate revenge. my own child or my own <laughs> grandchild because of of my hatred for my former lover.
0: <laughs> so my guess, of course, was that it was Doctor Jekyll because he's the first person we meet, and. It was Dr. (gasps) Jekyll. Hell yeah. yeah. So Brandon gets three points for that correct guess. Ah. And Brandon gets another three points because he was right. The whole thing was he just wanted to steal the jewels for money. Oh my God. And he was framing Helga the entire time. So all of the clues that were planted, the muddy shoes and the feather duster and everything was all to try to get Helga to be seen as guilty. Now, I will give Lauren a bonus point because I think that her guess was very fun and creative. And I really enjoy this alternate universe that has been (laughs) woven here. So the score sits at 10 to four. What led the gang to figure it out was with the suction cups, they knew that it wasn't going to be Helga because if she was a former trapeze artist, why would she need suction cups to steal the jewels? Of (laughs)
2: course. Of
1: course. <laughs> yeah, she just needs to string up various like things to be able to do trapeze artists yeah. between buildings and
2: artists <laughs> can just fly in the security universe. That's what it means.
1: <laughs> Mike, you can just from now on, if you could just call me uh, the mystery machine, that'd be great. Oh. Wow.
0: <laughs> Talking big game, and I like it. <laughs>
2: Quarantine is gonna be really untenable after this. <laughs> You've really driven a schism between us. <laughs>
0: I am very intentional that over the course of the show, I want to pit as many people in relationships against each other as possible. That's going to be a key element to choosing who's on a particular episode. So the next mystery we move to is Scooby's Night with a Frozen Fright. Mm. Ice cream? Not what you would think. No ice cream in this episode, surprisingly. Did they ever get a malt from the malt shop? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is surprising. <laughs> so the gang is on a beach trip, of course. And what is Shaggy doing on this beach trip? He's Getting fishing. High. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's fishing, and what does he catch, of course? But he reels in a message a in a caveman. Oh, no. <laughs> a caveman frozen in a giant block of ice. Oh wow. <laughs>
1: That's a big catch.
2: (laughs) Quite. What a swing from (laughs) (laughs) Scooby-Doo.
0: Velma says she was reading about this in the news that some researchers had found this, but it fell overboard on a boat during a storm at sea while bringing it to a lab. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So the gang decides that they need to bring this caveman to Oceanland, which is the, I guess, legal way that they can say SeaWorld. (laughs) (laughs) Just like they did seven days a week. Is this just all parody? (laughs) (laughs) So they go to Oceanland because they know that they have a research department there and those scientists will know what to do with it. So the gang... Brings it, I guess, in the back of the mystery machine. And they meet up with Professor Wayne and Professor Engstrom. Now, to clarify, just for Scooby-Doo purposes, the first person to speak is Professor Wayne. Great. (laughs) So (laughs) that's a very important clue. (laughs) So the gang describes what happens. They're very thankful. So Shaggy makes an offhanded comment that, oh, where would you be if we didn't bring this into you guys? And Dr. Ingstrom says, oh, don't worry, the current would have brought it here to ocean land no matter what. And then they don't really address that statement at all.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
0: these are fake scientists. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the gang leaves, and late at night, you see a mysterious hand flick on a heater, which of course was placed right next to the giant block of ice next to the caveman of course so
1: the ocean didn't melt the ice no. yeah but the heater <laughs> But the heater does. is going to
0: <laughs> <laughs> So then it turns to our two doctors Wayne and Ingstrom Ingstrom says that he is going to leave to do quote um some research And then he leaves. Is that drugs? (laughs) 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 Dr. Wayne says that he is staying back to do notes on Arctic Plankton. So they've both given incredibly sketchy explanations for what they're doing this evening.
1: Arctic Plankton is also drugs.
0: (laughs) And then it ominously zooms in on Dr. Wayne's hand, while he writes some notes down about Arctic Plankton. Hmm. So Shaggy realizes that he left his fishing rod back at Ocean World. And where was Shaggy when he realized he left it? He was eating food at the mall! (laughs) (laughs) I swear they don't go to the malt shop in every episode but I have found almost a one-to-one correlation of going to the malt shop in episodes that are good for this podcast (laughs) 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 so they finish their food and drive back to ocean land When they go back, they just walk in and walk into the research lab where the two doctors were and have no problem getting in here. 70s, no one locked their door. (laughs) I guess. Yes, well established. When they get inside, they see Dr. Wayne's parka all torn up and the caveman gone. They see the remnants of the block of ice and a puddle of water around it, etc. The murderer did
1: it with an icicle. (laughs) I know this one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They decide they're going to investigate. They go out onto the dock of Oceanland and they see Dr. Ingstrom talking to a dolphin (laughs) with some sort of radio device. He has this rectangular metallic device with a bunch of knobs on it and then an antenna with a circle thing on top spinning and he's wearing headphones and it seems like this would be a communicator but he is also making dolphin noises into his microphone? (laughs) So I'm very, very confused about all So this. I was what? right; he
1: is on drugs. <laughs> well, he would need the communicator to translate the dolphin's language back to
0: him. Right, but why does he have to talk dolphin too?
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe it it's was just the dolphin. For, maybe the it's dolphin just for appearances. <laughs>
1: Well, we know based on the great writings of Douglas Adams that
0: dolphins are the smartest creatures on the earth. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm, The gang sends Scooby, the least sneaky of all of them, to sneak (laughs) up on Dr. Ingstrom. And of course, Scooby runs into a tarp and then gets each of his paws into a bucket. It doesn't work (laughs) at all. So Ingstrom gets scared. He picks up his equipment and runs into a shed at the end of the dock. Fred chases after Scooby to make sure he's okay, then opens the door to the shed to see what Ingstrom was up to, and when he opens the door, it's the caveman from the frozen block of ice. What? So the caveman chases them out. Shaggy and Scooby get separated from the rest of the group, and there's a whole big, long chase scene. When they regroup, Velma reveals that she found an ocean chart in the lab. It has an X-marked spot, and then arrows showing a current going directly to ocean land.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: What a simple map that you would need. <laughs> hey, Ingstrom talked about this earlier in the episode, so it's some sort of clue.
1: I just like that there's a scientist that's just like, yes, X and arrows <laughs> on this map.
0: <laughs> so they split up, Fred and Daphne go to figure out what the caveman is up to. And, of course, they're going to, you know, figure out something else.
1: Their bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you meant? That is exactly (laughs) what I meant.
0: So the rest go in a rowboat to the X on the map. And after rowing, they find an anchored fishing boat exactly where the X would be. So they go inside, and once they do, someone slams and locks the door behind them and turns on a giant ice machine that makes giant ice blocks. (gasps) Really good for cocktails. I want one. (laughs) (laughs) So they eventually are able to escape from the locked room because Scooby rides on an ice block and gets a bunch of momentum. It crashes through the door and when it does so it goes through the keyhole and makes a key exactly in the shape of the keyhole he then uses his tail to Mm -hmm. go under the door snag the key and they unlock the door from the inside
2: of course yep (laughs) gooby
1: dooby doo
0: (laughs) so they want to go back to tell Fred and Daphne what's up but of course their rowboat has been stolen so how do they row back on a giant block of ice Mm -hmm. that seems very cold (laughs) why didn't Jack and Rose think of that Come on, guys. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) So they tell Fred and Daphne what's up. They set up a trap for the caveman. Of course, it works. The way that they get the caveman caught is that he falls into a tank in Oceanland with a giant clam that clamps his butt and he can't get out. (laughs) And he screams for help in plain English so they know it's not actually the caveman. It's someone in a caveman suit. They pull off the head and it is revealed who is behind all of this Brandon and Lauren, who do you think is behind this, and why? Just to clarify, what is the
2: mystery here?
0: (laughs) The mystery is, what's going on with the caveman? (laughs) Yeah, like, the caveman didn't do anything. No. Besides, like, scare some children. Really? You will find out that the person disguised as the caveman does have a mean motive in place. Okay, They were unable to successfully do it, but they were trying to do something. Okay.
2: Okay, it's Dr. Engstrom. Okay, And I'm not sure why yet. <laughs> I think it has something to do with... All right, you know what? I, I'm just going to throw out a wild pitch. Do it. So Dr. Engstrom has been um, conspiring with his dolphin friend to... <laughs> <laughs> essentially steer loot from ships down into Ocean World so that he can get rich off of research.
1: Yes. I like it. It's good. <laughs> That's that very okay. good. Okay, um, Mike, I have some questions because I'm terrible with names. So sure. Dr. Wayne, was he the one that talked about the Arctic plankton or was that Dr. Ingstrom? Yes, Engstrom?
0: Dr. Wayne talked about Arctic plankton.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. And what did Dr. Ingstrom say he had to leave for?
0: Dr. Ingstrom said he had to leave to do some um research.
1: Okay. Which was then talking
2: to a, a dolphin.
0: Yes. Okay. Great. Okay.
1: Well, I did look up the Arctic Plankton R thing. <laughs> so Dr. Wayne seems like he's on the up and up. I think it was Dr. Ingstrom because maybe he's trying to just like sell these fake caveman things to Ocean World and make a profit or something. I don't know, this is very
0: nebulous. <laughs> so it's a weird one. Okay. So my guess was that it was Professor- Oh oh wait, wait,
2: wait. Yeah, he's using the ice block thing to create fake artifacts that then he's discovered. Ah. okay. Um, by like encasing like random things like a caveman suit in ice and being like, Look, it's it's ancient artifacts.
1: Here's my question. If he's invented like ice that doesn't melt in water, like he's a billionaire. Yeah, that
2: should be <laughs> Also, if he's invented a way to communicate with dolphins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So my guess was that it was Dr. Wayne just because he was the first person we met. And I thought it was a jealousy of Dr. Ingstrom's dolphin progress and wanted to steal his findings. And it turns out that I was actually 100% right. (gasps) (laughs) So it's Dr. Wayne and he was doing this to try to steal Dr. Ingstrom's device and research about being able to talk to animals. So he put a caveman suit in a block of ice, pushed it off the old boat, knowing that just the current would bring it to ocean land and the gang didn't need to bring it to them themselves. And then he would melt it, scare off Dr. Ingstrom, and then steal all of his research.
2: Just go to the lab when he's not there. <laughs> like- just, just kill him, I think.
0: <laughs> like,
2: this is a very,
1: like, convoluted and probably not very, like, well-conceived plot. Like, I'm gonna get so scared by a caveman that I'm never going to return to my lab to get my dolphin
2: technology. <laughs> and I'm a scientist, and I'm not going to, like, inquire about the fact that a caveman has come to life after like (laughs) what um
1: i also just want to just for this apparently is uh brandon's fun fact corner podcast Uh uh-huh i love it if you guys haven't haven't heard of ootsie the ice caveman that was discovered um there was also ootsie the ice man for real and that he actually you know supposedly has a curse Wow, oh, so um, he's a very interesting um, artifact. you guys should go look him up.
0: That's very cool. Okay. all right, now I did award Lauren a bonus point for saying that the dolphin was <laughs> in on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you, it's thank you. I, I'm, I'm gathering up these pity points. I'll <laughs> take them. I think
0: that is very, very good, but unfortunately, no other points are awarded this round.
2: Wow, we were we were to by Scooby too.
0: <laughs> this is a real low point. You can just call me the machine now. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the end of the third mystery. That is the end of this challenge and Brandon Grugel has won with a score of 10 to 5 Brandon don't worry you truly are the mystery machine I am (laughs) the mystery machine
1: 10 to 5 that's wait I'm really
0: bad at math Lord can you tell me is that
2: (laughs) twice your score? You're, you're right. You are really bad at math.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've given Lauren another bonus point. So now you've only won 10 to 6. <laughs> yeah. Trash talk winner. <laughs> but Brendan, you have successfully won $50 for the Trevor Project and you are the champion of this episode of Meddling Adults. How does it feel? Ooh.
1: It feels so good. Thank you, Mike, for having us on the show. It is literally my favorite thing on the planet to destroy other people in order to give money to charity to good things. It's the best thing.
2: Uh, Thank you, Mike, for uh, for giving Brandon something to brag about for the next <laughs> while as we as we sit in quarantine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna Uh-oh. have to like dive into all of the Christie's and try and and solve mysteries <laughs> and to feel better. I'm glad we have a pretty comfortable couch. Yeah.
0: Eventually, when this podcast becomes <laughs> the biggest thing in the world and I'm at taskmaster levels of fame, I can send out really ugly trophies as well. <laughs> like Perfect, they do. I wanna, yes. And I then want you can parade that around your, your face. apartment. <laughs> a very poorly chiseled golden mystery machine. (laughs) Oh, that would be very cool. Oh, you should get like a solid gold magnifying glass, made. Gosh, that'd be very, very good. That'd be super duper fun. Very cool. So Brandon and Lauren, if people want to find you on the internet and stuff, where can they do so?
2: I am at Lauren Chippen
1: everywhere. I am at Brandon Grugel on Twitter and I am trying to stay away from social media. So if I don't get back to you within three weeks... That's why. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if you want to follow this podcast on social media, just go to at meddlingadults on Twitter or Instagram. And you can go to our website, meddlingadults.com. But Brandon and Lauren, thank you so much for being a part of this listeners. Thank you for listening. And you guys were mildly decent at solving these mysteries. Thank you. And some of the people got away just because we were a bunch of meddling adults. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Meddling Adults. Meddling Adults is created, hosted, edited, and produced by me, Mike Schubert. It is co-produced by Multitude. The music is by Bettina Kampamanis. The art is by Mayan Atias. And the website, which you can now visit at meddlingadults.com, is designed by me and my wife, Kelly Schubert. Support for our show comes from our Patreon. It covers expenses and all other proceeds go to charity. If you want to increase that prize pool in each episode, you can join our Patreon team over at patreon.com meddlingadults. If you want to help the show in another way, telling someone you think would like the show about the show so they can start listening is huge, as well as rating and reviewing the show online. Thanks again for listening and hope to see you next week.